Last week we said, if we bring what we have to Jesus, he will multiply it. And that was the feeding of the 5,000 on the hillside. So Jesus feeds these people, these men and women, these children, and then he sends the disciples off. He wants some time alone. This week we get to see Jesus walk on water. And we'll see that faith expects God's help. If we look at John chapter 6, verse 16 through 21, it says, When evening came, his disciples went down to sea, down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. If we look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 14, 22, starting at 22 through um, 34, you'll see the same account. However, it's a little bit different, and I'm going to jump to the part that's different. It says that they see him walking on the water, and they think he's a ghost. But Jesus says to them immediately, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. It's interesting because Peter jumps out of the boat and he asks Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come out. And Jesus says, come out. Maybe some of you remember this from years ago, or maybe it's the first time you've ever seen something like this before. This is a flannel graph. It's a very small one. But what I have here is some pictures that tell the story that we just read about. We have the disciples that get in their boat and they start making their way across the lake. Realize that they were about halfway across when, when this all occurred and they were, had been struggling at the oars for many hours, possibly eight or nine hours they'd been at it. And they were deeply afraid for their lives. They were terrified. These men on this boat, you can imagine they were wondering why Jesus had sent them out into a storm. Why did Jesus send us here if he knew this storm was going to happen? And, and they're out there and they fully expect that, that there's a good chance that they're going to die. And as the waves are crashing, realize these waves are not just little tiny waves from a small lake. But the way that the lake itself was so far under sea level and with such high sides that when the wind comes down, a storm still can generate very quickly there in the Sea of Galilee. It's a very frightening experience. In fact, in, in 95, there was a, a storm that came in and it came in so strong to one of the coastal towns on this lake that there were 10-foot waves crashing in the center of the town. 
So we're talking about some big waves and, and a dangerous situation where it looks like they're going to die. And not only that, but they're out on the water in, at, at midnight. It's pitch dark. It's black. You can close your eyes and you can imagine the waves crashing against you. You can smell the water hitting your face and you can imagine the terror that you would feel if you were one of the disciples. And as they're out there, I'm sure they were remembering some of the stories of the other ships that had gone down in storms and some of the stories of people of sea monsters and just crazy things. And as they're out there, it seems like there's no hope. They can't move forward because it's too strong of a storm. They see something glowing. And the glowing object starts moving towards them and they start screaming, it's a ghost. They start freaking out. And they're terrified, but really, it's Jesus. Now, obviously, these aren't to scale. Jesus is going to be a little bit smaller than that in proportion to the boat, but this is what we have. <laughs> so Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am. And it's interesting he says, I am, because I am is speaking to not just it's me. He's saying, I'm God. It's the same phrase. He's saying, I'm God. So, so Peter cries out, Lord, if that's you, then, then tell me to come to you. And he jumps out of the boat and starts walking to Jesus. Now, we don't know how far he got. He could have gotten quite a ways. It could have been 100 yards. It could have been 50. It could have been 10 feet. But it doesn't matter. I've always imagined, you know, the waves and everything. I wondered if he walked on top of the waves. The storm's still going on. Everything's still crashing around. And Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on top of the waves. He's walking above the problem. He's leaving it behind. He's no longer bound in the boat. He's no longer bound by the storm, but he's leaving it. And then the scripture says something interesting in Matthew. It says that he saw the wind. And you can't really see wind, but you can see the effect. And that's what he was seeing was the effect of wind on the water. And as he's doing that, he panics. He takes his eyes off Jesus. He forgets why he can do this because Jesus asked him to. And he starts falling into the water. He starts falling in the water and he cries out. What does he cry out? Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And Jesus pulls him back up out of the water and they walk back to the boat. Now, I can imagine that Peter was walking on the water again when Jesus was holding him. I don't think that Jesus picked up Peter like he was a swaddling baby and walked him in. I think Peter walked himself to the boat after that. But it's interesting. They didn't expect God's help. They weren't expecting Jesus to show up. Jesus was on the shore What I do know, though, is that all of us go through storms. We all have areas in our life that are not peaceful, that are not calm. Storms. Maybe it centers around relationship. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's something that you just came out of, a storm that you came out of. Or maybe you seem to be heading right for another storm. But I know that we all have storms that we deal with. And there are situations that we are in where it seems bigger than us and it's darker than we can see and we can't see the future beyond that storm. And we don't expect God to show up. 
But I want you to know that Jesus walks. He walks on top of your problems. That Jesus doesn't just walk on water, but he walks over every situation that you deal with. He walks over your health issues. He walks over your financial issues. He walks over your emotional issues. He walks over your spiritual issues. He is above all of the storms in your life at all times. He even walks upon your sin. Jesus, who walks on water, can walk above all of your problems. And I know Peter sometimes gets a bad rap for, for jumping out of the boat, but I want you to know he's the only one that did it. He's the only one that tried. And he was doing well. He was walking above his storm until he took his eyes off Jesus, until he started to think, I can't do this. I can't do this in the physical. I can't do this. Once he started looking at the natural situation, he realized the dire straits he was in, and he began to sink because he took his eyes off the one that had the power above his problems, the one that had the ability to stand on top of it, the one that walked all over the storm. See, when we follow Jesus, everything is great until we lose our focus and we take our eyes off of him and look at the things around us. We see the decay in the world. We see the strife in the wars. We see the people that are in peril. Maybe we ourselves are going through something that's extremely difficult and we cry out, God, where are you? Why aren't you here? I want you to know that God is there. But you're not going to see him in the darkness. You're not going to see him in the waves. You're not going to see him even in the boat. You're going to see him walking on top of your problems. So don't look down into your situation to find a God that lives above it. See, we want to follow Jesus, but then, but then we let our butts get in the way. And I'm not talking about our derrieres. We let our butts get in the way. It's, it's like this. I want to follow Jesus, but there are waves. I want to follow Jesus, but there's wind. But it's hard. But my friend died. But I, I see bad things in the world. But, 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 but it's not maybe the right time to do that yet. But we got to get rid of our butts. We have to get rid of our butts and we have to focus on Jesus. We have to get rid of the vision that we have of the waves and the storm and, and forget that there is darkness around us and instead look to the light. We have to look to Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we have to do the same thing that Peter did because there will be times where we are walking on top of our problems, where we are above the waves, and then there will be other times where we lose focus on Jesus and we begin to sink in fall into despair. And in those moments, we need to do the exact same thing that Peter did. Scream out that prayer. Lord, save me. 
Lord, save me, because salvation is not just something for eternity. It's something that we can rely upon in every situation because we know that Jesus walks on the storms and that Jesus is there. And if Jesus asked you to do something, if he said, get out of the boat and walk on the water, if he said, start this or go do this or move here or become this, then what he's asking you to do is within the will of God the Father. And if he's asking you to do that, then he is above that storm. And when he's above that storm, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. So don't get caught up looking around at the waves and the storm. And don't get out your calculator and figure out how hard it's going to be before you jump into what he's asked you to do. If God asks you to do something, you need to do it immediately. And then you need to know that Jesus is there. Keep your focus on him, not the storm. Keep your focus on Jesus. And you too can walk on top of the storms in your life. And when you slip, and you will, you just shout out, Lord, help. Lord, save me. And he is gracious and compassionate and full of saving power. So don't look at your circumstances. Don't, don't look at the waves around you. Don't look at the wind. First of all, you can't do it. Just don't stare into the wind. Don't look at the wind. There's a few other things you shouldn't do in the wind, but don't look in the wind. Instead, look at the Savior who can walk on top of your problems. Because anything is possible if God is calling you to do it. Anything is possible if God is calling you to do it. Even walking on water. Even that situation that you're dealing with right now. Even that dream that God has instilled in your heart and he's told you to go for it, but you're fearful and you're scared, and you see the storm more than you see God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the examples that you give us of the disciples and, and the things that you did. And I thank you that you are the God that walks on top of our storms, that you are the Savior that is always there, that we should expect to see you show up. And that when we fall, you're there to lift us back out of the water and set our feet. Lord, I pray that we would trust you more than we trust the storm. That we would put our focus on you more than we put our focus on the storm. That we would get rid of our butts and just start following you, Jesus. Help us to grow in you in every minute. In Jesus' name, amen.